everybody knows this uh, verse anyway. Uh, but in John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This is many cracks have that verse. Matter of fact, there's a track out that's called the way, the truth, and the life. And we're studying on this verse, and uh, I had I had the track, but I couldn't find it, and I was going to see just how close the track did with what I have. But the mood among the disciples was one of anxiety and sorrow because Jesus was now preparing them for his soon departure from this world to return back to his home in heaven. And Jesus explained that he was going to heaven to prepare a glorious place for them to dwell in even mansions. And... uh, I always read that uh, verse and uh, I said in their father's house are already many mansions but that he goes to prepare a place for us and I did early in my ministry and I still do. I believe he was talking about preparing a place for his bride Uh, and uh, that's why that if people give me a chance on visitation, the hospital, wherever I have opportunity to talk to somebody, I use that verse as a springboard to tell them that uh, not everybody is going to be the same in heaven. You know, uh, God makes that clear throughout the Bible. And uh, it's hard for some people to comprehend. uh, I've argued on some points I guess shouldn't argue with anybody at all, and I don't very seldom ever argue anymore. But uh, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20, God says here, you know, In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20, and uh, he says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. And we're familiar with that term because we'll, uh, you know, somebody start dating, they meet that person, and they'll say, I've loving with all my heart, soul, and body, you know. But the heart always comes in there that is, I I feel it. And your heart certainly can have some feeling to it, but we need to know that what God does, that he prepares our heart, and 
you can't feel anything, you can't have any emotion. Uh, emotion, humanly speaking, is brought on by experience. But back in the book of John, the 14th chapter, and we look at verse 6, but let's look at verse 5, you know, John, uh, the 14th chapter, and verse 5. God said, get the right verse here. Well, I didn't write it, write it down. It'll come to my mind before we uh, leave this morning. But the fallen words of Jesus through, uh, although spoken to Thomas, are words whereby we all must place our faith and our hope of heaven in because he said I am the way I'm the truth I'm the life you know and so we go back to that original thought in John 14 6 you know I am he is Jesus is the way he is the truth and he is the life and you do not cannot go to glory without being on the right way. That's why he says, I am the way. And you got to know the truth. You know, you're not going to heaven because you feel like it. And I've talked to a world of, of people in the last several years that says, I know I'm saved because when Christ, I think about him, I feel different. Well, you're not saved on your feelings and you're not kept saved because of your feelings. You're saved because you believe that Christ did for you what you could never do for yourself. And that's very obvious. But he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man come to the Father but by me. No man, you, I, you know, and we would argue that internally, but we'd have a hard time proving it from scriptures. You know, you didn't wake up one day and decide that I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to be a Christian. It didn't happen that way, humanly speaking. But when God prepares you, he uses people, places, things, and circumstances to get us uh, where we need to be. But uh, the word I am, you know, where he said, I am the way, I'm, and we could break it down and said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man come unto the Father but me because I am the way. Speaking of Jesus Christ. So the words I am are reminiscent of the great I am in the book of Exodus. So we need to try to understand that our salvation is simple to me. You know, God got me ready. He gave me the, the feeling. He gave me the desire. Everything that I had that Tuesday morning when God saved me, he had already put it in me. I heard it. It was there, but it's sort of like neutral. And then when the Spirit of God bared witness with all that, then that's when 
salvation, you know, takes. If God would save somebody this morning, and he could save them walking down the aisle, but usually God has already been preparing that individual uh, for some time. And uh, in God's own way, in God's own time, then he made it alive. But the word I am, you know, is remissing of the great I am, as we said in the book of Exodus, where God first revealed himself to Moses as Jehovah, or the existing one, you know, I am significant, the self-existent, eternal of God Almighty. There's not a person on this universe that is self-existent. But yet I talk to people when you uh, witness and you're trying to get into it and they'll come in because they feel like it's taking something away from them, you know. I'm self-existent. I don't, I don't ask for no help. I don't take no help, you know. But that's just a human, a human depraved need because when God truly saves you, you know, a, a song I used to sing, I can't even walk without him holding my hand. And God can change that in a heartbeat. He can change that. You know, you can go to bed, had a good day, you sleep, and you can wake up that next morning not even knowing who you are. God has the ability to let that happen, and sometimes God does. Why? We don't have the ability to know why. But... He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So let's look at that first point. He is, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only way to God the Father and into heaven. Church membership won't do it. Baptism won't do it. Y'all already know these things. But, you know, that is why that witnessing is, is easy when you realize that what do they think of you? Do they think you're real? That's not the point. The point is, are you given the right message? We sang about it. You know, I am what I am by the grace of God. We make those statements. It's not of me. It's not of you. You know, and I've been complimented not too many times, but I've been complimented when people said, you know, I've known you for a long time and, you know, I want what you got. Well, then you got to go the way that I went, if you believe that, because it's not in in me. It is just like anything else. Are we willing to receive the facts? And when we have in our hands a King James Bible, these are the facts. Not an opinion, you know. And I've I've been going through a lot of stuff, packing up books, going to take them to the Goodwill or call some young preachers to see if they want them. But you know, uh, those books 
are not going to teach you nothing unless the Spirit of God bears witness with that. Now, let's back up. We can learn facts. But because I know a fact, that doesn't believe, that doesn't mean that I believe a fact. Follow me. My recent conversation, the person said, I believe what that book you got in your hand says. So I listened to him and I said, so uh, you misquoted when you said to me you had to be baptized. And he said, no, I didn't misquote. Well, you're either misquoted yourself or you're contradicting yourself. Either Jesus saves you or baptism does. He said, don't you believe in baptism? Absolutely. When God saves a man, he wants to be baptized. Baptism is strictly an identification. When I worked at IBM, I had to wire an identification badge. Ah, every day I was in there. That identification told people outside that where I worked. When I submitted to baptism, it told the other Christians in that church that I wanted to be identified with the Lord because baptism add you to a church. But you should never be baptized if you're not saved first. So Jesus is the way. He is not merely a way or even one of the many ways, but the only way. The truth is the death blow to the majority of this religious world, even to some which profess to be Christians, is the way. They believe that Christ died, that saved me. But that's not true. If he was still in the grave, we wouldn't have a Savior. If he was still on earth, we wouldn't have a Savior. So that's why it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The same thing has already happened to me. When God saved me, I had to die to self. I'm in the process of burying all of those things that took me away from God. And as I get to the sanctification period in my life, not only can people believe my testimony, but they can see a difference. You know, that's why when you study the Bible, when Christ came out of the grave, he was witnessed by this group and that group and that group. We are human beings has got to see proof. So he is the way. The way is not Jesus plus our good works. That's not it or our religious rites or rituals, or holding and being faithful to the end. 
Jesus alone is the way. And, and I know to, to, to me, to some of you here this morning, probably all of you, that is very, very simple. But I'm, I'm telling you, our independent, missionary, Bible-believing, fundamental churches are dying. They're dying. They can't find pastors. I had to name you four or five churches that I could resign Emory Road this morning, call whichever one of those churches I think I would like to be a part of, and I'm totally convinced they would call me. Not because I'm something special, but they can't not find pastors. He is the way of Jesus. It's the way of obedience. Now, that's, this, this is the part I really want to get, get into. He is the way of Jesus. It's the way of obedience. See, you know, you can uh, take a shot, you know, and when I went to a different doctor this week to check on a procedure that they wanted to do, for the first time to me, you know, they went over a whole list of vaccinations, you know. If you had this, if you had this, if you had this, if you had this. And I said, I can save you a lot of trouble. All of the Baby shots that are required for babies now, I've never had them. So you can live without them, but you probably should, you know. You, you can do a lot of things, but when we are obedient, it, it was by the disobedience of one man that we were all sinners, but it is through the obedience of one man that we are, are saved. Now, to stop for a second with me, go to Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. What does God say? He tells us here in the fifth chapter and the ninth verse. Notice. Now let's look at the 19th verse. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now, what my point was when he said he, he is the way, the truth, and the life, It's a way. Obedience is the first bridge that you pass over, if you'll let me use it that way. It was by the disobedience of one man, but it was by the obedience of the man Jesus Christ that I'm saved. 
the obedience of Jesus was to do the will of the Heavenly Father. To keep his commands and to accomplish the work that he had laid out. Now the reason I put emphasis upon that. Baptism is not the first thing that takes place for an individual to be saved. And, you know, that was part of the problem that started when the other pastor was here. Over a mom and grandmom and, you know, all that stuff, uh, I want my son made a profession of faith. I want him to be baptized. But you shouldn't want your son or daughter or grandchildren be baptized if they can't even tell you how they're saved. Well, you can't judge his, his heart. Well, I believe that a child that is at, at age, and it's not a certain age, it's, you, know, you, you can't say my son, uh, you know, I think many of us, or I did, and I believe, I know Judy and Sue, if they searched for memory, you know, my sister's son, Rodney, wanted to be baptized at five years old. They wouldn't baptize him. Do you believe a child will be saved at five years old? I do. I do. But how do I, why do I believe that the young man was saved? Because he said, I don't have to be baptized to be saved. See, you know, young people, they want to be baptized because they've seen other people being baptized. But when a young man or, or anybody can, can say, you know, I'll wait until the baptistry get, get fixed or I'll go to another church. It isn't, you know, got nothing to do with my salvation. But is it necessary? Should you want to be baptized if you're saved? Absolutely. The obedience of Jesus was to do the will of the Heavenly Father, to keep his commands to accomplish the work of the will of his Father. Jesus was not partially obedient or occasionally obedient or mostly obedient, but he was perfectly obedient. The reason this is on my head is that Yesterday, when I was revising my outline, the person, you know, uh, said he believes in grace, but, you know, baptism is sort of like the seal. You know, you seal it. You know, if you, if you study marriage, and, you know, I had the first uh, little meeting with my, you know, 
precious that's going to get married and him and uh, I said you know if you're the one for my granddaughter and my granddaughter is the one for you uh, you need to understand that if that's the fact that God planted that arrangement before either one of you were born. That's why we old preachers and mom and dad and grandparents said, wait upon the Lord. But you know, when you're young and whoever you're looking at, uh, he's everything or she's everything. She's not everything and he's not everything. You got to have the Lord first. You ought to have the Lord first in everything you do. And if you don't learn obedience, you'll never have the Lord completely emerge in your life. You know, that uh, seems cruel and, you know, slang to a lot of people, but, you know, uh, we do so many things that affect our life without really knowing what we're doing, why we're doing it. We get wrapped up in the emotion. But Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, you, you notice with me here. Hebrews the fifth chapter. Hebrews the fifth chapter and verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Sometimes bad things happen to good people because there is a lesson for them to learn. And that's so it is with the first part of being obedient to baptism. You need to, if you're saved, you need to, to submit to baptism. But <clears throat> baptism has no, no part at all in your salvation, but it sure has a part in identification. You know? It's like so many people when they're unfaithful that they're going to meet somebody somewhere. They'll take off the wedding band like that gets you married and now you're not married. And, you know, how foolish that is. You're not saved because you're baptized. Baptism is the evidence, the outward evidence of what you're saying took place. In your heart. Second sacrifice. All men are sinners and as such are unfit to enter into the presence of God or his heavens. By his sacrificial death. For the sins of his 
elect. He didn't die for everybody. If he did, there would be no need of hell. As I told, when you're planning or getting ready to be part in something, uh, you know, I I told her, I said, you know, you'll you'll never know that what all these things have taken place the last four or five years is real until you say I do and you have some difficulties. Not not will you, you will. You know, I don't, I don't believe it at all, and you can disagree with me, and that's fine. But when people tell me I've been married 20 years, 30 years, and we've never had a disagreement, I don't know about that, but you sure proven to be one of the best liars I ever talked to. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. May not be a drag out, knock out the thing, but you're going to have a disagreement. God is always right, and I disagree w- with Him. But you know, I've never won a battle. <laughs> I've never won. A, I've never been r- right and God wrong. So we need to search and sense. You know, people have got this misunderstanding about baptism and sacrifice. You know, Jesus made the way into heaven for each one of us. He did it. You didn't. You didn't provide the way. You went through the process that that the Holy Spirit has taught you that you need to go through. You're, you're just a recipient of God's grace, not the originator of it. So let's let's go to Hebrews chapter nine just briefly. Hebrews chapter nine, verse twelve. God says here. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Notice verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself without spot or or spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. Then we go to verse 26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. It's all of him. You know, it shouldn't even be a question, you know, of sprinkling, 
Sprinkling is not baptism. It's not baptism. And there are many, you know. It's, uh, I shared with y'all before when Dr. McKimmy's little girl was going to be, you know, and he met with me before church to take care of her. And he was telling me about it. And I said, why would you do that? What is sprinkling a little bit of water on your baby got to do with baptism? He said, well, that's just what our church teaches. I said, and Dr. McKimmy and I talked about a lot. I was sharing with Judy yesterday that when... Uh, The Ball family and the oldest one was in the hospital. I stayed at the hospital with Dr. McKimmy for three nights. I mean, you know, he was more than a doctor to me. He was a friend to me. So we could talk, and we never got upset at each other. But I said, you know, you, you you need to be careful what a preacher tells you if that's his opinion. You know, my opinion is no better than Harold's or Mike's or Steve's or Needle. I mean, it's opinion. But you're not baptized. You, you, you didn't put that baby under some protection plan because you let somebody dash some water on her head. Meditation. Jesus is the great high priest and mediator for his people. He sits at the Father's right hand. We need to understand that. He is at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. He is our lawyer. He pleads our case. The Holy Spirit is living in us. He's our teacher. And the Holy Spirit is not going to teach something that's not in his book. Because this book is part of the Trinity. You know, and it's a shame that people can understand, you know, I've got this original, I've got this original, I've got this original. And they'll pay money for the original. But it blows my mind how we are convinced because it sounds good. But the resurrection, finally the way to the Father and into heaven is by the way of the resurrection and Soon, Jesus will return for all the saints with a shout and he will raise them from the graves from where you 
may well be. I've always thought it'd be great for God to come back in a good Baptist meeting. And uh, imagine having this building full and only the saved would leave. And those that were left said, where did they go? And why isn't that ceiling all messed up? Because he's God. He's God. He does what he wants to. But listen, he never does anything contrary to this. Jesus is the truth. He's the truth. Jesus is the life. He isn't part of the truth. He is the truth. You know, it's, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday that means a lot to me. And I mean, you know, and she was telling me about some church they were uh, attending and and uh, she said, well, they don't preach all the truth, and you're satisfied with that? If somebody owed you $1,000 and they gave you 500 would you be satisfied with that? So no, I'd want the whole 1000 Why would you be satisfied with half the truth? $1,000 ain't going to make you or break you. The truth should determine whether you're in heaven or hell when you die. Not as plain as you can make it, but uh, we need to get it down so so, people will listen. So they listen. And he says, as we uh, haven't even got through the first page, but in John 14, you know, he said, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I drove to prior place for you. And if I go in prior place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there he may also be. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye go. And then Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And then Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way. See, you don't have to know anything, and it really surprises me that there's not more Christians following the Lord because they'll follow a certain politician that they know nothing about except they like the way he speaks. Or they'll follow a group of singing that that have no idea what they're saying, but a preacher has sure got a beat to it. It'll beat you right straight into hell. I mean, everything we do need to uplift our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no man come unto the Father by my means. And the old boy this week, he looked at me and he said, 
don't know why I love you, preacher, but, but I love you, but you're the most narrow-minded man I ever met. I said, my teacher is narrow-minded. Jesus is the most narrow-minded man I ever met. He said, I am the truth. I'm the way and I'm the life. There ain't no other way. There is no other truth. close with, with, with this. I, I told uh, my, my sisters, I, you know, I wasn't sick yesterday. I just didn't, I felt rotten all day long. I felt rotten all day Friday. I got all these silly calls from, from you know, they pull up a sermon I just, I preached and, and I said the elements of the Lord's Supper was pure grape juice and unleavened bread and could you explain to me why you believe that? I said, no, but I'll give you the scriptures. You, you can read it for yourself. That ain't what I'm talking about. Then I'm, no, I don't have time to tell somebody been preaching as long as I have why I believe in grape juice. But I'll give you the scriptures of why I believe in grape juice. See, if a person is not willing to study for themselves, they're getting that information so they can impress somebody. And I may be wrong, but that's the way I feel it. You know, you know, you, you show a person how, you know. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and we thank you for the privilege.